Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Morning, guys. Hello. Morning. How you doing? Good. Doing yeah. all right now. Yes. Now the computer's working. Yeah. We had a slight issue with our PC, didn't we? Mm. Just yeah. didn't turn on. Just didn't work. But it powered up, and the monitor was just a black screen with a single underscore. It wasn't <laughs> even flashing, I don't think. It no. was just a static underscore. Yeah. Um, so we had to call in Dan, mm-hmm. who's our helpful man who comes and fixes it every time we break it, which is often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he took the computer apart and fixed it and put it back together. And now we're recording. Yeah, now we're fine. Look yeah. at us go, eh? Yeah. Anything exciting happening? Mm. Uh, oh, yeah? No? No, no. I don't think so. Mm. No. Bit of a boring oh, week. I've got a new car. Oh. It's not new, new. I'm not that wealthy. No. Right. Not that wealthy. I'm very wealthy, but not that <laughs> He's wealthy. He's pretty yeah. wealthy. Um, and this morning was the first time it was frosty since mm. I got the new car. Yeah. Pressed a button. Windscreen just cleared itself. Unbelievable. Oh my God. It's like wow. being. Bill Gates. <laughs> That's how I feel. He doesn't even have to deal with frost. Mm. Not ever. scraping or spraying like a dog. Yeah. Is that what dogs do? Dogs do, yeah. Like I a think surf. You can, you like can an, train dogs yeah. to do that. Like an ignorant surf scraping my windscreen. So that if that's what you guys still have to do, you two, or listeners or viewers, mm. you're, you're a peasant and, <laughs> and I'm not. You heard I'm, it here first. I'm going to pick up a new car tonight. Yeah? Not a new wow. new car. No. Like that. Yeah, not for me though. So my boyfriend, I just have to drive him there. Okay. I hope that it has a button that you can press. Yeah, I hope that too. Now, I, now I know it's a do, thing. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Well, I don't know. How does it do that? I don't have a car. What's the so. science behind that? It's got tiny, tiny little zigzag like mm. wires Heating through the windscreen. On the front windscreen. Thing. Yeah. Oh, mine's got that. So on yeah, the back I had it on the back. Yeah, with yeah. in my old car, but uh, apparently this one has it on the front. Wow. So, Any cars I've ever had, you just have to. You just you turn on those little vents, and they just go. And yeah. it's crap. And you have to remember to do it 10 minutes before you yeah. set off. Yeah. yeah. Hope no one steals your car yeah. as you leave it running, and which is a bit dicey. But one uh, time my the, the air vent stopped working hmm. on a night drive in the cold, and oh, the, the front window started steaming up, and I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I had like a towel, and I was just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound very safe at all. I was on the motorway, and there was nowhere for me to go, so I was like, just got to commit to this. <laughs> Well, there is actually something quite significant that's happened this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. I thought you were asking in my personal No, I was. To be fair, I was. Mm. But uh, we have turned five years old. Oh, I see. Yeah. 
five today. Triple jump is five this week, mm. uh, which is a very exciting That's half milestone. a decade. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> crazy, isn't it? Well, it's 10 years to the day at time of recording that Flappy Bird got like taken down. Yeah, it is. Which made me feel very old. Yeah, you remember mm. that happening? 10 years? Mm-hmm. 2014. Mad. It's insane. So yeah, we're turning five. Yep. Thank you to all of you who've supported us over the past five years. We uh, we appreciate you, and you've your support has meant that that we've been able to go for five years. Mm. And here's to fifty more years of triple jump. Woo-hoo! We'll still be doing this when we're eighty. When you're seventy. Seventy-five. Yes. How exciting. Mm. Uh, there it has been a stream this week already yeah. celebrating our fifth birthday, a special Worst Games Ever live stream. Uh, that should be out on the VODs channel now mm-hmm. if you missed it. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed it because we played that terrible King Rise Kong game. Rise of Kong. Skull Island. Yes. Mm. The one what got absolutely trashed by Metacritic. And I can't said, wait, you know. I've kind of cosplayed as a, as a yeah, gorilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, quite, yeah. you're wearing a fluffy top today. Yeah. yeah. We're playing it today yeah. at the time of recording. Yeah. Uh, we are sponsored Yes. Each and every week, I'm really struggling with the segues. You've got it. You've got it. My brain is scrambled egg this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're yummy. sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. What did you say? You <laughs> just said, said yummy. yummy. No, okay. <laughs> I could go for some scrambled egg right oh, now. So could I. I had some toast when I came in because I just I needed yummy. something to function. Yummy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you see Dead Island 2 The Spider, by the way? No. Any sign of Dead Island 2 The Spider no. today? Uh, if you're unfamiliar, Dead Island 2 The Spider is a spider who lives in the studio who we christened Dead, Dead Island, Island 2 The Spider. But, yeah. Uh, hasn't been here for some time. Are there any Dead Island 2 The Spider... Um, relatives in your bathroom. At the Not moment. at the moment. Really no. interesting. There's a big one in my house, though. Okay, so that could maybe be it. it's him. Hitched maybe a ride back. Hitched a ride in my bag or something. In your car. Yeah. Uh, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Helps us keep the light singular on. Um, still bad, still not fixed, that mm, light up mm. there. And uh, Ashton, I believe you have the ad read there? I do, yes. Um, so this game's actually already out. It mm. came out this week, but um, kind of got overshadowed by like a slightly more bigger important game yeah um and basically what it is is features um those little garden elf things you know you know the things yeah 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 uh yeah yeah those um and basically it's like an online game where you play as as one of those Mm. and um you play against other people to try and win and become the ultimate version of that so there's like okay. there's singing and dancing and fishing okay. yeah. um and also there's um no, like goo uh mm-hmm. as well has it been accused of copying some other popular game yeah but unjust unjustly unjustly i okay. would say all right fair fair because there's, there's a third dimension yeah that you don't have in the other game right yeah um okay. coming what well, now it's, it's now out now uh is gnome stars oh yeah right yeah. What's that reaction for? Yummy. What was that? Ew. You, you almost ooed at it. No, I was just I was, I was just trying to work it out. He thinks it's disgusting. Yeah, what the He's hell? Actually well, I think partly it. I forgot oh. that, that the equivalent to Gnome Stars has only just come out. It came I, out yesterday and not one human person on this planet is talking it's, about it's it. Yeah, I was going to say. the same company that released Foam Stars then also released a demo for their other game. Yeah. It's way more Play exciting. Has there been any sort of early access or something? Or no, like it came out on PlayStation Plus. PlayStation so no one Plus. has ever played it until yesterday? Yeah, no one played it yesterday. Well, not, no. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever played it. All right, I just, I, I feel like I'd seen bits of like, well, I guess it was just promotional gameplay stuff like, you know, mm. weeks ago, but... Yeah. No. 
No. Well, it's no. not real, no. though. Oh, man. No, oh. The gnome one is... I actually think probably would have done better if it had gnome gnomes stars. in it. Yeah, gnome it stars. probably um, would. No, foam stars came out this week to critical silence. So yeah, has it been... I forgot... It, yesterday. Like, yeah, I forgot it came out. I mm. forgot it was coming out. Mm. I did actually... I've got it downloaded All right. on my console right. because I'm I'm one of the six people who do the PlayStation Stars challenges. Right, yeah. And one of them is to play your PlayStation Plus games each month. You get a little coin reward rather than actual, yeah. like a stupid digital trinket. Yeah, Sometimes I, you get actual, like, currency. Yeah, which I logged nice. in and they were like, we've got you this chariot. And I'm like, thank you for this virtual tap. Sometimes you get uh, dioramas of meals. Like I've got a bowl of curry mm -mm. as one of mine. Tasty. Yummy. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know who that's for. Uh, but yeah, Foam Stars is a potentially DOA, right? Yeah. Who's? It's not who's, Splatoon. It's not It's not, Splatoon. It's not saying it's Splatoon. I'm gonna, I, maybe I will give it a go for like yeah. 10 minutes. A goo. And, a goo. and then, no, it's not goo, it's foam. Foam. A goo. And no. then, yeah. And see what happens. <laughs> Big Gnomeo and Juliet vibes from, mm. the, from the sponsor today. Yeah. Did that's you go and see that? a great movie. Yeah? Did I go and see it in the cinema? Yeah. Probably. I did. Sherlock Gnomes. Yeah. Did you see that one? I didn't, I didn't see, see Sherlock one. Gnomes. No. I saw Gnomeo. I haven't seen I love the Gnome, Gnome Cinematic Universe. I didn't no. see Gnomeo and Juliet. Either. I saw Gnomeo and Juliet in the cinema. I. Um, it turned out it was a date. I didn't realize until years uh, later. Oh, yeah. It was oh, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. I know about that event. I don't think yeah. I knew that it was Naomi and I had no Julia. idea. I thought just a romantic this, film like that, and you didn't realize I it was a date. I thought just this. I thought my female friend just wanted to go and see Nomeo and Juliet, oh. so I went to see Nomeo and Juliet and I hated probably... it, and told her I hated it, and then years later realized, <laughs> ah, that was that was a date, wasn't it? I probably uh, went with my parents. Yeah. I was at university was at the time, six, yeah. A child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> was at least 19 at years old. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. uh, anyway, Nomeo and Juliet. Uh, we're not sponsored by Gnome Stars. No. We are, of course, sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you go and support us there, you get access to tons of amazing stuff, including asking questions on this podcast, early weirdest and worst games, exclusive episodes of Main Menu and Rules Boss. New episode of Main Menu went out just the other week. Yeah. And uh, we recorded a main menu, the next main menu that's due to go out in April yesterday mm. at the time of yeah, recording. We did. And it was foul. Good. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was a good one. Uh, we hope you enjoy it because I didn't enjoy eating it. Tasted bad. Yeah. In a new and interesting way. Yes. I in had a delicious. A fresh co combination of flavors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one has tasty. ever had them. Uh, no. But we were the first. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Our website's triplejar.mob. That's where you can find links to everything that we do, by the way. Our Twitch, our YouTube. Uh, if you want to come see us on our Discord or get a cameo message from us. Triplejumpshop.com. Merch is there. Question mark. Will new merch come soon? Yes. Yeah. Define soon. Within the next 12 months. Within the next 12 months, there will be more. It's, it's so close to being done. It might be sooner. It was done, and then, I think we might have told you this, one of the bits of merch had a reference to the year 2023 on it. It's yeah. taken That's this long to, come out. to get the like, merch. Oh, I have to change that now. Yeah. The, so. the, we've gone back and forth on designs, and it's mm -hmm. it's been a, it's been a bit of a nightmare, but we're really, we are so close. And I, I keep saying that, mm. but each time i say it it's true that we are getting so, so. closer yeah. we're like on the precipice but we're going through like little barriers mm. every single time we're I, so close to i believe much. it less and less every time you it's say it. you've seen it you've seen yeah. them you've got i know some. I've, I've seen it ages ago and now i'm just <laughs> 
He's so did there. we. We've been on this ride for like five months. Now, it feels <laughs> like we, we're so close to getting off. Remember it. when we talked about it maybe being like a Christmas? Ready for yeah. Christmas. Yeah. I do. I'm gonna release it. In I've like very late confidently November. said I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. The merch is a, it's not. It's <laughs> no. still not. But very soon you can get yeah. this lovely track jacket, a hoodie that's kind of like that. You can't get Ashton's lovely uh, King Kong top, gorilla though. top. Yeah, that's not available. No. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump, though, is the place we'd really like you to go if you can. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. We really appreciate you. Out this week is the weirdest games ever week. Isn't it, it is. Yes, we recorded this weirdest games ages mm. ago, um, but it is a good one. It's called Squeebles Party. Squeebles. Squeebles. It's oh, a good word. If you're on Patreon, you've already seen it. It came out last week. Patrons. But everyone else is out tomorrow, so check it out. Mm, yeah. What, 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 what's it all about? We've uh, talked about the, uh, the fifth birthday anniversary stream that we did as well well um and all being well there will also be a little bonus bit of stuff on your podcast feed fingers crossed yeah i'm i can for more confidently say that that's light. happening than than merch <laughs> yeah. um because you know we've got an actual contract with this for it to go out it is a it is a brand deal mm. it's a sponsored podcast uh, but fingers crossed we'll be able to talk to you all about final fantasy 7 rebirth in mm. like an official capacity and that should be dropping on your feeds early next week and there'll also be a video component as well i just got to gush about final fantasy 7 for mm -hmm. like an hour it was mm -hmm. really exciting so yes as peter said we're just waiting on final approval for that but fingers crossed you should get some bonus final fantasy 7 coverage next week yes. hopefully let's go to question one shall we let's it's from chris mcveigh and also josh lees and the question is Hi, Bap. Following the success of Persona 3 Reload, it seems Atlas are also working on remakes of Persona 2 and 4, if leakers are to be believed, with other hotly anticipated games this year, including the middle third of Final Fantasy VII from the year 1997 originally, and Silent Hill 2 from way back in 2001. I think at HeadfallsOff on Twitter put it best with... I do not want every game we all like from the PS1 or PS2 to get a multi-year remake project one by one. I'd like some video games, please. What do you all think? Are these sorts of remakes impacting on the creativity of AAA? Or are, all, or, or are we all just gluttons for nostalgia? Yum me. Yummy. Mm. Gluttonous. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we can say that Silent Hill 2 is seemingly not going to be episodic as described in the question mm. in, a, in a Final Fantasy 7 it might not even be good capacity no <laughs> I mean that is certainly likely no, it um, could be I, I hope it's good it could be good I want to play that you're prejudging mm -hmm. I am the blooper team I'm being a bish ba you well and also just based on the trailer it wasn't that exciting no no, it just looked wasn't fine really. um, so I, I certainly think it's not necessarily the case that the uh, the endless remakes and re-releases and remasters and reboots that we're getting are uh, necessarily all going to be kind of episodic in a Final Fantasy uh, sense. But, I mean, there's still just generally the question, is it impacting on the creativity of AAA? I mean, to an extent, you could argue that it is, but at least it kind of feels like there are specific studios who generally focus on this kind of thing. Mm. Um, and at least you still have some of the you know the the really big names the front runners in the industry have continued to just make their own stuff or if they do take someone like naughty dog for example if they are also doing a uh, hey here's another the last of us you still get the impression that like it's not hopefully impacting on the future projects as well um you know rockstar did 
the GTA trilogy. That certainly didn't impact on uh, their progress, I think. Was it, partly because what they... What were they called? Vine Street or Grove Street Games, I think, did it? Well, that's true, actually, yeah. So, so yeah, there's an argument to say... You know, if they just farm it out to someone else, then... Uh, and AI. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I think, like, the, the the argument about remakes is that I think it's not necessarily a given that just because a game was good back in the day and even has a, a cult following and a, an audience who are demanding a remake, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it should have one. Um, so, really, it, it ought to be very case-by-case Will something be gained from creating this remake? Like in the case of Persona, as mm. I learned from our review corner that you're about to hear later on, but it's already been recorded. Yeah. You know, some interesting changes have been made. Things have been added. One could argue this is a remake worth doing. Um, and I think in if in those instances, it's it might be worth a AAA studio dedicating some resources to that. Um, in the instances where they really are just... It's money for old rope. Perhaps you could, you know, say that is what's happening with Naughty Dog. There's a an argument to be made there. The embracer group approach. Or the embracer group approach, absolutely. Mm. Then, yeah, I would lean more towards that could be impacting on the creativity uh, or, you know, taking up the resources of a studio that could be making bigger and better things. Um, so uh, I don't think there's a one answer that, that speaks for the entire industry, but um, it, it definitely is occurring. Um, but not all remakes are a bad decision. I'm in two minds about this answer because part of me is happy that we are seeing a lot more remakes and remasters and that we are getting an entirely new generation into these games that were so popular way back when. Um, because like for me, for example, I don't have the nostalgia for PlayStation 1 games. I don't necessarily have the nostalgia for PlayStation 2 games either. So when these games are talked about so much with such high regard, part of me is jealous because I never got the experience of playing it when it came out. And also, you know, as much as it's like, oh, well, you can play it now, I'm a bit spoiled now. And it's difficult to go back to older games having experienced games on the newer generations. Um, so with that said, I, you know, I quite like a remaster or a remake. I really enjoyed the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. And Resident Evil, Resident some of Evil. the best ones. Best exactly, yeah, years. definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I am glad that we're seeing a lot more of these games appear. Do I think every game needs it? Absolutely not. Um, however, I also feel a little bit the same regarding sequels and uh remakes of games feel does feel like especially looking forward in this year we have so many follow-ups coming out and not very many as yet confirmed new titles and new ips gnome stars stars. yeah yeah, i know sorry i'm not excluding gnome stars i mean it's just a splatoon remake isn't it hey now (laughs) (laughs) um But yeah, I think that looking at it, it does feel a little bit like we are seeing the same things regurgitated a lot and appearing again and again, the same names kind of coming up. And do I think it is stifling creativity? No. But do I think that I would like some new stuff? Yes, absolutely. And I do think that maybe 
studios are banking a lot more at the moment on remakes and sequels because of the almost guarantee that they will sell rather than investing in something new and then risking that it's not going to turn out how they want it to. That's why the movie industry is doing it as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Rebooting everything that is has a yeah. guaranteed audience. Yeah, like they're making Moana 2 this year. Mm-hmm. If the, the movie finished, the, ge- the, the yeah, story what, what? ended. How did... Huh? Apparently it was gonna it was gonna be a um, TV series, and then just recently, with about nine months ago, they've been told, "Oh, it's now a, it's movie. a movie now." And the team are just like, "What? Okay, yeah, we're wow. gonna turn this into a, this TV series into a movie." Yeah, but that's it's, what I've heard. Yeah, it's definitely. I think from a production standpoint, is what's gonna sell? What can we get people to buy? And I think, unfortunately. At the moment, we're seeing a lot more sequels and remakes because they have an already established fan base and studios. And this is not really how I want to phrase it, but I can't think of another way of saying it. Don't have to work as hard. Yeah, easy to market stuff. Exactly. So yeah, I think there's a lot of factors in this. Am I happy there's more remakes? Yeah, I am. But do I wish there was also more new IPs? Yes, also I do. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a big selfish idiot, my opinion... (laughs) is that if it's a remake or a remaster of a game I care about, then I'm all on board. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I agree. Fantastic. This is from, as soon as I heard about the, I didn't even hear about these rumors about the Persona um, remakes and slash remasters. We talk in the in the review corner for Persona 3 Reload about how I'd quite like Persona 4 to get that treatment next. I'm Am I wrong in mm. thinking that it got re-something recently, Persona 4? I thought we literally... is. Golden, we had not. we had Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable ported to, to modern port. systems at the beginning of last year. I, for Persona some reason 4 Golden I was convinced was... that Persona 3 Reload and Persona 3 Portable, I think, in my head, were just the same thing. Oh, right. So I think that's why I got confused. Sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah, like, the, I, I want what I want. Mm. And nostalgia is nice. And if someone gave me a game that I love, but it's just way better, it's easier to play, it's better looking, it's like got loads of quality of life improvements. Yeah, I'll take that 100%. I understand it can be frustrating watching a studio like Naughty Dog seemingly put out remasters and not focus on you know, making new IP. Mm. But that's not really how game development works. It's not like, you know, when you're in a like a strategy game and you assign more peons to build the house the house gets built faster that's not how it works in game development you can't just like hey it there if if a if a team is making the last of us 3 and you've got a team making the last of us 2 remastered why don't you just take all those people and put them on the last of us part 3 that's not necessarily going to make that that product superior or even come out sooner. Mm-hmm. It just means you've got more people working on it. It's 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 far more nuanced and, and complicated than that. And oftentimes, these teams that are doing remakes and remasters are working in isolation from a bigger team who are working on the next thing, the mm-hmm. next big thing. Like these, it doesn't guarantee that if the if the remake and remaster team wasn't there, that they would be a part of that team. They might just not be employed at all. Yeah, they're sometimes they're temporary or external, like third party brought mm-hmm. in just for that project. Exactly. So, like, there, I think there's definitely a space for them. I completely understand the the argument that's being made though that people want more games. But as you guys have said, unfortunately, it's more an issue with the fact that video games are so bloody expensive to make that a lot of studios don't want to take a gamble on a gnome stars, for example. They want to remake something that is guaranteed to be successful. And 
as as you said, it's it's not the right term at all, but like it is easier to remake or remaster something because you've already got the foundation built. Mm-hmm. Like you know what you're working from. Uh, even if you're having to completely redo everything, at least you've got something that already exists. Not even as inspiration necessarily, yeah. like as literally something to copy and and bring up to speed. Still an immense amount of work, obviously, and this is massively yeah. simplifying it, but it's much easier to remake and remaster stuff that you know is going to do well than pour resources into something new that might not do well. Capcom have just surveyed um, a bunch of their audience asking, would you be interested in us revisiting Dino Crisis and like mm. two other IPs that have already gone out of my head because I was like, don't care about those, but Dino yeah, Dino Crisis. Crisis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's continuing. You know, as they run out of decent Resident Evil games to remake, mm-hmm. they're like, what next? Rather six. Than, yeah. Make, make a five-part multi-year remake of six. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got like four campaigns. You could release each one as a different game. I'm just saying, yeah. bring, bring me on board. Yeah. I think yeah, the biggest on, question yeah. is whether they will remake one because, you know, it's already had... Mm. several sort of versions since it was initially released and so the is, gamecube remake is is it holds up but it's ropey by today's mm-hmm. standards still and it still ropey. follows like the the source material like in terms of what you have to do take this item to this place and yeah. do this this stupid stuff yeah. whereas a remake i think would like add a bit of just flair. sense mm. and flair. They could yeah. tie it sense. into later yeah. games a yeah. bit better with some of the lore. They could, yeah. you know, update the character just models. Make so it they... so you're not running around taking chess pieces to different rooms. Yeah, and or I mean, you would run still out be of doing inventory that, but... space, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, God, you don't have the right gem with you. Mm. Ooh, Code Veronica, that's one that's got to happen as well at yeah. some point. Yeah, I think um, it all trickles down to the current climate of video games mm. and, and studios not willing to take the risk as much anymore because we've already seen how big studios can have to make big cuts. And I feel like slightly slightly smaller studios, yes, you know, your naughty dog size studios are maybe not as willing to take a risk because they means potentially having to make financial cutbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more new IP. But as mm. we spoke about the other week, I think largely you're seeing a lot of innovation in the indie space now because yeah. it's just, it's still people's livelihoods because they're smaller teams and they have far less of a budget to work with, but they can make more experimental stuff. Mm-hmm. There's more of a, there's more space there for them to do that. And I get the indie games aren't everyone's cup of tea, but when you're in the AAA space and you've got big publishers chasing the live service trend and you end up with something like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, it, it, <laughs> You're not going to find much innovation in that space anymore, unfortunately. The the new IPs are fewer and far between. And as much as I I do love remakes of things that I love, and I would like to keep seeing those, I too would like to see studios just make something brand new, mm. do some new stuff, mm-hmm. you know. But there mm. we are. Let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Well, now um, it's time for a new segment um, that we are calling. What we play in. Is that what it, okay. what it says? Mm-hmm. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games that we've been playing. Peter, mm-hmm. what have you been playing, please? I've mostly been playing more Tekken 8. I've finished all of the individual characters' stories where you just go through and have about five fights each, unlock a little cutscene at the end. Mm-hmm. They're all very fun, mm-hmm. all very pretty. I'm having a good time. Um, I'm now I'm moving back to... I've not played it since like the first week which I, I touched on just so I could talk about it in my review, uh, the very strange arcade uh, 
scenario mm-hmm. where you are a little Xbox uh, avatar and you you're... wonder what the bottom of an avatar's shoe looks like. Yeah, well, bam, there it is. Um, <laughs> and you want to become the greatest Tekken 8 esports champion. All the people around you going, wow, here it is at last, Tekken 8. I really love playing this with all of my friends. And it's just like this weird advert for Tekken 8 within the game that you've already bought, which is Tekken <laughs> 8. Um, so that's strange. Um, I've also played a little bit of Loco Roco, oh. the first mm. one, which I've never played before. And I've always quite fancied given the, the series a go. Lovely music. Um, yeah, lovely music. Slightly annoying child voices singing oh, yeah. along, yeah. but never mind. Uh, fun gameplay. Um, so I've been playing that because uh, I'm still on uh, PlayStation Plus for the time being. So I was like, you know what? Won't cost me. Won't cost me a thing. And then also, I played Outsmarted, which is a um, it. It's like a mobile game that you can play with all of your family. Mm-hmm. It's a virtual board game, um, and uh, it turned out to be we we booted it up. Um, and uh, in a kind of a a, um, a a COVID family Zoom quiz session, you know, we all got on like on video call. Mm-hmm. Like here we go, and uh, we we started this game, and it's like it's like a board game, and we just thought, oh, we'll just start playing, and I'm sure we'll probably pick it up. Um, you know, it'll walk us through it, and uh, we were like, what do we do? It's like pick a question. We're like, okay, I'll take this one or something. And it turned out it's like it's a bit like um, Trevor Pursuit. You know, you have to fill your pie mm-hmm. you have to get like a different colored wedge and stuff. And it the game it was like purely based on trust. We didn't realize this. We thought we would it would only be allowing us to like do the stuff we we're able to do. But like we would like roll the dice and roll a three, and then you could like move your character along the board and. We could just move it like anywhere we wanted. Oh, and we first we thought like, oh, I guess the dice roll isn't about how many spaces you can move. It's gonna be, it's gonna come into play later on or something. Mm. But it all it is is it's literally a, a virtual version of a physical board game. But it's like an honor system. You have to like move your character three oh. spaces. Can you, you call to- someone out if they? Cheat. Well, is I mean, you're all. Just, it's only like if you were sit. It's basically like you're sitting around the table at someone's house. So yeah. if someone like moved, yeah, moved in the wrong space, then it's like, what are you doing? You only rolled a three, or like, and we okay. were picking questions that were allowing us to get a slice of our Trivial Pursuit pie, even though we weren't allowed to be doing that right now. You're supposed to be answering these like mini questions on the way there. We didn't realize this for about 10 minutes. We were like, why, how come dad has got like four slices of his pie and we haven't? And like, no one knew what was going on. And then I went, hang on. The game isn't like hand-holding us and like limiting us to what we can or can't do. It just allows you to do any possible an thing at system. any time huh. and you have to just do the right thing. So there's no mechanic in the game. No, to it, like to enforce the rules. Almost feels like an oversight. Yeah, in yeah it does. <laughs> or it or it feels like they just they couldn't be bothered to like program in all the rules. They're just like, here's a board, here are some pieces, and here are some piles of questions. You roll the dice and move your things the right place and pick up the right question. I'm not doing it for you. That's so, weird. It's like playing the like the the Uno game, either yeah. on console or on your phone. But then saying, "Oh, unfortunately, you got to pick up ten thousand cards," yeah, and wah, the game's wah. just like, well, "I don't care." Yeah, exactly. I don't care. Yeah. So it was it weird. was really strange. strange. Like, and it took us that long to work it out because we were, we were like. Why would a virtual board game ever exist that doesn't enforce <laughs> its own rules? So I thought I'd bring that along and talk about it. Outsmarted. We had a good time once we worked out how to play it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there you go. There's a mobile board game out there that doesn't enforce any rules whatsoever. You want to break your Not family that. apart? Mm. Maybe give it a go. Yeah. Mm. Wow. How strange. Very strange. 
Um, I've played some more Baldur's Gate 3 this week. Still haven't finished it. Oh. Been faffing um, and doing everyone's quest because I am scorned from not finishing all the quests in Act 2 and I refuse to miss any quests in Act 3. Mm. Um, and on top of that, I played a game I still can't talk about, but I'll tell you about it next week, I promise. And um, I also played the Horizon Zero Dawn board game. Oh. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this. No. I got it for Christmas um, from my boyfriend and we've played it twice. The first time it took us four hours because we did not know how to play. And it just took us absolutely ages. The game's only supposed to take like an hour to 90 minutes, but we did not know the rules. And we were obviously like setting everything up, trying to figure it out. In our, to be fair, it was our fault we started playing the game at 10 p.m. thinking we'd be in bed by midnight. What? And we didn't actually finish it till 2 a.m. Oh, Good. my God. Um, but the second time we played it, which was this weekend, um, it only took us two hours. And there's still, like, a couple of rules that, like, it doesn't really explain and certain things that kind of don't almost make sense. But there's, like, a 40-page booklet of instructions and halfway through, I was like, can we please stop checking the instructions? Let's just play it how we want to play it because I'm baffled. Um, but it's a good game, to be fair. It's quite, it's quite good fun once you understand what you're doing. And um, I it did cause an argument because apparently I was playing it too competitively, whereas right. I thought you had to play it competitively. How do you, com how do you play so it competitively? So essentially how it works is there's like five rounds of hunts and you all have a character that has various like weapons and stuff and then you can as you do higher level hunts your character levels up so you add like okay. new skills into your like action pile which is the things that you can play during the game um and for every machine you kill you get a certain amount of glory points and whoever has the most glory points at the end of each round gets a sun token and then the winner at the end of the final hunt is whoever has the most sun tokens and they become a member of the hunter's lodge. So they win. That's like the, the general way of playing it. Okay, so it's not a cooperative game. Well, you can play it cooperatively. Right. But I went into it playing it how we played it the first time, which was that you get the glory points, you win a sun, and then you win the game. Mm -hmm. And then Ben said, why are you playing so competitively and I said because it's a competition and he was like well I thought we could play it cooperatively and I was like well you didn't tell me that if you told me that ages ago I wouldn't have been playing like this um, but yeah it's, it is good fun to be fair and the pieces are really cool and yeah, it's got um, some nice miniatures yeah some mini figures nice. though I would say like you don't there's not that much variety in the base game board game like you get the final hunt is a sawtooth like big tiger type character mm -hmm. um and then you've got like the crab ones and some watchers and the horse ones and the deer ones but then in order to get any more characters any more like enemies and also potentially any more hunts you have to buy like the expansion packs uh -huh. and there's not one expansion pack that's less than like 20 pounds um and the 20 pound one is like an additional hunt and an additional figure and mm -hmm. that's it and um, yeah, the, it's quite pricey for mm. any additional content of it. But for the base game, it's pretty good fun. And once we know how to play it, it probably won't take us two hours to play. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing this mm. week. Nice. I played a number of things. Yes. I played some Persona 3 Reload. Thank you very much, Sega, for giving us a code for that. We're going to talk in a minute, mm. in a bit more detail about that Persona 3 remake. Did you like your tat? It's great. My tat? Yeah, the Persona 3 tat. Persona tat. 
You mean the, the beautiful collector's <laughs> yeah. edition, not the tat? Well, it's Gamer Tat, isn't it? Well, I suppose so, yeah. Tat, in, every... tat in, a, in, a, yeah. in a nice way. Yes, absolutely. In, like, Thank you, Sega, for sending us the Iger edition. There's bits that go on shelves. <laughs> yeah. To me, regardless of if it's nice or not, yeah. it's still it's tat. tat. It's, a, it's an all-encompassing term. Just like mm. when we're Stuff. off for any reason, we've got the plot. Yeah. We've got plots, Even though yeah. we mostly don't. And then people go on social media and say, God, why do you guys always have diarrhea? No. No, no, it's no. just a catch-all term. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. I put Igis, the little Igis statue, out next to my other. I have a couple of other Persona Four figures, mm-hmm. so I put it out next to that. It looks lovely. She does looks look really you didn't nice. keep it. Did you keep it mint in box? No, or, someone already went in. <laughs> no, it's fine. Ashton asked me. She, she came and said, <laughs> "I was ben making an unboxing video, <laughs> and I was like." You know Ben. I think you'll be upset with me if I open this box. And he I was, was like, like mm, I he's don't asked know. to do an unboxing video. He probably no. doesn't mind if you get it Honestly, out. Honestly, that's that's absolutely fine. <laughs> I was I was planning on taking the the figure out. Anyway, so it's it's all good. Um, I tried to take the cellar tape off so carefully <laughs> so that it didn't damage the That's box. That's what I said. I said if you just take the tape off and don't, he'll never. I was like cardboard. really trying not to rip the cardboard. Well, I very much appreciate Thank it. You. Um, but yes, You're it's welcome. it's wonderful and it's on my shelf now and and she looks great. Yeah. Um, yes. So I've been playing that. It's really great. I finished Baldur's Gate three. Oh, cool. I finally did. finished it. The sense of relief of yeah. finishing this game. Not because I wasn't enjoying it, but just like it's been, as I said last week, I've I've, I've only been able to play it like once a week for a mm. set amount of time. And mm. as it's such a big game, it's really been like, it's just, it almost became like a, not a chore, but like homework. Like yeah. I've got to play Baldur's Gate today because it's the only time I can play it. Mm. And I did finish it. Um, I didn't do everyone's side quests as I, What's that noise? Something's like settling. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Some crunchy noises coming from over. The PC's not going to explode, is it? No, uh, maybe. Uh, last week, I also said that um, that I sort of reached a point where I wasn't really sure what to do. Mm. And because it's Baldur's Gate, I would probably just go and try and stab someone and yeah. see if... And that worked. All right. I just, I just walked up to this person and went, tired of trying to like uh decipher what you want me to do to make everyone happy so i'm just going to kill you Mm -hmm. i hope that's all right and i did i just killed them right and then i just killed like three or four more important people until i just killed the most important thing i didn't finish all the all the personal side quest stuff um but i i did end up getting one of the the like the good endings because of my choice of what to do at the end of the game regardless Mm -hmm. of what you've done to other people um and I will say that the epilogue of this game is one of the loveliest epilogues of mm. any game I've ever played. Oh, ah. I'm excited. It's, it's I such, finally finish it. such lovely closure. It's like a good final season of like a, a long running comedy or something where everybody has their stuff tied up and there's like, it, you know, mm. and, and it's just it's really nice without going into details. Like I was I was really pleasantly surprised and it got me reflecting on my time with Baldur's Gate and how ultimately I discovered that it wasn't really a game for me, but I I enjoyed the characters a lot. I enjoyed the writing. I liked the world and I always enjoyed like talking to characters and using like the speech checks and and mm-hmm. you know making you know seeing if you can talk your way out of situations and stuff it was actually i think in the end 
the combat and like getting through the world that were my least favorite parts. Mm -hmm. Not because they're bad, just because they didn't really click with me. They're a bit too slow. Mm -hmm. And I understand that it's it's trying to be a sort of almost one-to-one comparison with actual D&D. So yeah. it, it makes total sense why they did it. But I think that was the disconnect for me personally and why the game felt it dragged at, at certain points. But I am really glad that I played it and I'm glad I saw it through and finished it because I did, on reflection, enjoy it overall. It just wasn't as perfect for me as it seems to be for a lot of other people. And I'm really glad that a lot of other people have, have enjoyed it way more than I did. Mm -hmm. So well, I finished we'll, Baldur's Gate 3. We'll talk about okay. that a bit more in question two, won't we? Uh, yes, we will. Yes. Almost uh, almost fate that. <laughs> yeah. I've finally gone back to and played a little bit more of Persona 4 Golden. Uh, again, just playing it through, barely paying attention with a guide with some TV on in the background. It's nice. It's nice and chill. I'm, I'm enjoying that. Played a bit more Pal World as well. But the main thing I played this week is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Right. Yeah. I have finished, finished. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Did what? you boot it up and it said, congratulations? No. Huh? <laughs> you you finished game. it? Yeah. Already? Oh, yeah. Uh, Story-wise, including some extra fluff that I just did because I felt like I could or I should along the way, it took me about 10 hours. Mm. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, not to go into any oh, spoiler details at all, but... You know what the name of the game is. Mm. I I did that yeah. relatively quickly, and I've got a few notes here because wow, that's crazy. To because me. it's a live service game. Once you have done what it says you do in the title, yeah. Obviously, the big threat is Brainiac, who's made all the Justice League go bad. Right, and it's not resolved because right. while you do have a confrontation with Brainiac. Because it's live service and it wants you to come back, they pull an absolute not good move, which is, ah, oh, well, here's the thing. To truly defeat Brainiac, you're going to have to get rid of the multiversal versions of Brainiac as well. Oh, right. Okay. So it actually turns out there's 13 Brainiacs. And the game, <laughs> the base game concludes with you offing one, but the open world stays exactly the same. Brainiac's ship is still there because he's not he's not been defeated. You haven't you haven't gotten rid of him technically. Yeah. And the whole time you're in that open world during the game when the Justice League is still about, at various, you know, who 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 you, you haven't often who you have mm -hmm. often. Uh it's way more interesting because you've got you've like you've you've hacked into their comms and you can hear like Batman barking out orders and stuff. The world feels so empty and like devoid of intrigue once you have actually completed your mission. Right. The story is good and there's high production value there. People were obviously very upset about the way that they that some of the Justice League meet their end. And while I wasn't upset by it, I felt that it was actually really underwhelming. Like mm -hmm. the boss fights are almost like when you're playing an MMO and there's a special event and they try to craft something unique that's different from all the MMO mechanics, but ultimately you still feel like you're in an MMO, if that mm. makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't. It felt like there was a disconnect between the cutscenes and the what you were actually doing. Yeah. yeah, and some of them were often like the most uninteresting ways, uh, and I, I was, I was a bit disappointed by that. Uh, also, I can't believe the main story is ten hours. That's that is the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have been like, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been playing it for a week, and then you finished it maybe next week. Yeah. That would have been like, okay, yeah. 
but 10 hours is a crazy it's amount not long. of time it's not for long a narrative game that you are going to put live service in that is mental the live service has murdered this game i also can't believe that um i mean in some ways it might have been a bit of a cop out but i'm kind of surprised i'm i'm this is not a spoiler because i've not played the game so i don't know if i'm right or wrong here but i'm assuming that you know the justice league are offed and are, there's there's not some sort of um end game thing where it's like but don't worry because we've we've done a magic thing and saved the world and they're all back again and they're all good mm. which saying it out loud would have been a cop out it's like okay well that yeah. that's rubbish but equally now there's just a, DC, a video game dc universe where presumably there's no justice league well, this anymore. is what people of the criticism i've seen online is that mm. like they've currently they've just ended their yeah this universe. is the arkham game universe yeah yeah it's i know the same, it's can't, the same one. they can't do anything they're all with gone. it, it just seems like a very strange they're thing all, to do also there's several justice league members missing like right. aquaman's not in it which uh, i thought was kind of weird right. um he just doesn't exist in this game maybe maybe he's going to show up later i have no idea and yeah you're just after the the final member is off. You're basically then just released into the end game content, which is the exact same city, but it's visually completely unchanged because Brainiac's still at large somehow. Mm -hmm. All his ships are there, and there's just no Justice League left. I mean, I guess if if Warner decided, oh, we want to do a, a new Batman game, they would probably just make a new world. DC world and yeah. new universe. But it, I don't know. It just seems strange to take specifically th this is the Arkham universe and mm -hmm. we're going yeah. to I assume Destroy kill it. Batman at yeah. some point. Yeah. It's like, okay, right. What, so what do you do now? Well, there are lots of I've done all of the side missions because you, you collect various people who you bring back to your base who will mm. help you craft legendary gear. Woo! Give you loot boxes, Yay. all that kind of stuff. Uh, apply effects to your weapons and things like that. And they all have what I think they're referred to as loyalty missions. Um, and if you do all their loyalty missions, they can grant you more powerful bonuses up to like, you know, they've all got like three tiers of what they're able to offer you. And once you've done those, that is all that's all the story content done then right. from that point on you're accepting contracts from your from your menu which are like randomly generated and they reset every so often and they're just it's basically your the equivalent of your dailies that you'll mm -hmm. log in and, and do um there are missions still on the map from those people but they're not those loyalty missions anymore they're just just go and do this thing mm. And the problem is, I've described them as loyalty missions, which make which makes it sound like they're going to have story. Then they're not. There's voiceover to them. They'll talk to you. But the there's like five mission types mainly. Maybe sorry, protect a truck, um, destroy batteries. Yep. There's protect a big plant. Yep. Um, and maybe another one that I can't remember. The only thing that that they try to do to keep these interesting is that they might have modifiers like. Only critical hits right. on this one. Yeah. You can only do melee attacks on this one. Problem is, though, that your AI squad, which is largely all right if you're playing on your own, they do not they do not play the objective of these at all. Great. So it's solely on... The, if you're playing alone, it's solely on your head to basically do literally anything because they won't destroy batteries. It, they, they will just shoot at enemies even if they can only be killed a certain way in this particular modifier. And this is made even harder when you're going into what the endgame content is, which is these 
I can't remember what they're called. They've got a stupid name, something missions, which again are just the same things, mm. but much harder because you're meant to grind them to unlock harder versions of them, which is just enemies have more health, you deal less damage, and there are different modifiers. But again, if you're playing on your own and you're on a really strict time limit, it's way harder because you've got AI companions who aren't doing anything. Mm. This game is a disaster. And it's such a shame because there are flashes of brilliance in it. Mm. Like when you're in the open world and when Batman's about, you see him on rooftops. Like he 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 come like he watches you. Mm. You can see him like keeping tabs on you and like you can shoot at him and then like bats will appear and, and he'll vanish. And it's right. like that's cool. Yeah. The cutscene's great. The characterization of the characters is great. The voice acting's great. There's so much good about this game. But then everything else about it is bad, and and I don't like now that I've done the all the like the loyalty mission stuff. The only trophies I have left are get each character to max level. Once you get a character to max level, you then unlock another skill tree, which is just for your squad overall, kind of like the badass ranks mm -hmm. in Borderlands. So it's like point not three percent increased gun damage you've got to get that to level 50 and i think they're they're called incursion missions is what they're called oh. maybe you've got to get you've got to grind these incursion missions up to like level 20 as well and that's it and it's basically the the only trophies left which are to me at this point the only indication of what the plan is for this game going forwards mm -hmm. is just play it over and over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. in a bland world where all the fun stuff has now gone. Any glimmer of intrigue has disappeared. The gameplay's fine. Like, it's fun to swing about and, like, the guns are good and, like, some of the special powers are fun. Mm. But unlike the previous Arkham games, there's no interesting gadgets. It's, yeah. When is the first extra content supposed to happen? Don't know. Because I know that they're bringing the Joker into it. And nobody yeah, likes apparently. the way that he looks. Yeah. Brainiac it's... 4 of 13 coming yeah. soon. Well, exactly. There's presumably going to be 13 seasons planned because you've got to kill all these Brainiacs. And mm. I'm really sorry. I didn't give a spoiler warning. I don't imagine this is going to impact too many people, but I am genuinely sorry. really sorry if I did spoil that for you. But this is this is just how this this live service game has apparently been planned. I'm I, I'm, I'm glad I bought it. I'm going to say that. I enjoyed it. I'm just kind of like jaw on the floor, like, oh, it's as bad as everyone said it would mm -hmm. be. Like, not that the game is bad, but like just the the plan for this game is is dreadful. Yeah. The way it ends, the the what you're meant to do after the fact, this should really have been a a big discussion in it in, in yeah. its own right. I, I apologize for going going in a off, review corner even. Going no, off. To be honest, yeah. I was interested because yeah, I was. you didn't get time to play it really a lot last week. So I yeah. was I was intrigued by what it was gonna be like mm. yeah online's confusing as hell by the way as well right because right. some people were suggesting because my incursion mission mastery levels were not going up even though i was <laughs> playing them on the hardest difficulty reddit posts from like the day before saying yeah it's a bug like brilliant so the stuff the only stuff to do doesn't work cool that's flipping fantastic and some people said why not just the i'm on like mastery level a billion now yeah uh, because i've just been hopping around into online games and like up getting in with people who are much higher and then it just boosts yours as well i could not for the life of me work out how to join a public game oh. and i couldn't all the whenever i googled it it was just full to the brim with all of those articles that all of those websites put out when a new game launches which is how to play co-op with your friends. In, and it's like, I don't want to play co-op. Because mm. all they're saying is, oh, this is how you host a game. There is no obvious thing to join a multiplayer game. In fact, there isn't an option. What you need to do 
is host, like go through the motions of hosting a public game, but then don't launch it, and then it will f add you to someone else's automatically. It doesn't even make sense. Even though you, you have to go through the, you have to say, I will host, yeah. and then you just wait and then launch and it join doesn't someone else. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, I'm, I'm bewildered. As much as I am disappointed, yeah. I'm absolutely bewildered by some of the decisions made here. Because it's not even a competent live service game. No. No. Like, yeah. I know it's people don't want a live game. Ben. No, it's Sorry. Not. That's why it's not. Sorry. It's, not, uh, it's one thing. That. It's one thing not wanting a live service game from Rocksteady, but it's a whole other thing for them to make one and it make no sense. Mm. Yeah. At yeah. Yeah. At least if you're uh, gonna make a live service game, just do a good one. Yeah. But, yeah. So anyway, apologies for for going on a bit of a rant there, but that's that's my full report on Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. My recommendation would be you'll get about nine hours of enjoyment out of it, and definitely play with friends. I can't fit. I can't find when they're doing any additional content for this. I think it's there's nothing online about it. When I finished the last mission, I, I looked, had like I've, I've looked on many an article and on Twitter. And it's I'm not asking. it's not clear at all. It doesn't even explain it in game. When I finished the last mission. I'd like four splash screens pop up one after the other saying, but the adventure's not done yet. Yeah. Grind for new gear. Do the incursion missions at different levels of mastery. And I was sat there like, no, no, nope, thank you. Not going to do that. That's mm -hmm. not, it's not what I want. And I don't even understand it. Yeah. That's wow. it. They will have stuff planned, I'm sure, but yeah. I guess they've just yeah. not talked about it yet. Well, it's which just so bad. Do you think that there'd be additional content ready to go mm. after the first month? But hey, yeah. who knows? There it is. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna drink some water. If you've got a ten-hour-long game, surely the content should be ready for the you week so? after it comes out. Yeah. If you know that your campaign is ten hours I long, I finished it in like two days. Yeah. Then surely you should, as a developer, know that there's gonna need to be additional content coming out. Mm -hmm. And even if Crazy. they've lost their nerve and decided, oh, this is you know, it's gonna be a disaster, and we don't want to support it long term. You'd think they would already be like that. That's a decision you would make like near a launch, and you would already have that first like season or two ready. Mm. Even if you decided we're not going to do season thirteen <laughs> anymore, yeah. uh, you'd think that those would be ready regardless, and you would just put them out anyway to claw back a bit of money. But my assumption was, if I do enough of these incursion missions, then maybe I can challenge. Like maybe there's some way to just get to the other brainiacs, like mm. actually see a conclusion to this. Because at the moment, it feels like. It hasn't ended. Yeah. I mean, like a weird limbo where the story is not concluded. Yeah. But I can't because I don't know when the other Brainiacs are coming or how mm. to access them. And they haven't told me. So I'm not Crazy. sitting around and waiting. Crazy. I'm going to have none of the muscle memory by the time the next no. Brainiac appears. And it certainly won't be installed still. Um, but it's still fun to play. Yeah. Like yeah, I enjoy, I enjoyed playing it. It's just. For oh, 10 hours. Yeah. 10 <laughs> hours. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, everyone. We That's now need okay. to talk about something that something else you've been playing. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, Maybe a slightly more positive. Perhaps you had more fun with. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Let's go to the review corner. And here we are in said corner. Ooh. Mm, it's lovely and it's not actually. It, it's we're recording cold. this on a different day and it's very cold. <laughs> it's cold it? in the corner. Yes. Uh, ben, mm. what have you been playing? Well, I have been playing a little game called Persona 3 Reload. Mm. Now, this is very generously gifted to us by Sega. Mm -hmm. So I've got to say the line now. You have to say it. Say the line, Ben. Per ASA guidelines, this video is now technically classified as an ad. Mm. However, there was no financial compensation given to us in exchange for coverage we're just playing it because 
That's kind of what we do. Yes. Because we want to play it. And oh boy, am I glad that I've been playing this game. Right. This is a from the ground up remake of Persona 3. Okay. Which is up there as people's... It's sort of like someone in my stream, it may have been Bane Cooper actually. Mm -hmm. The three Persona games, the most recent ones. Yeah. Are sort of like Final Fantasy 7, 8 and 9. Right, yeah. All of them have their own fan bases. And some people will fight tooth and nail for their particular Persona game. Mm -hmm. Now, for me personally, that's Persona 4 Golden. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, but there is a vocal contingent of fans who are big Persona 3, 3 fans. Yeah. And so this is something of a dream come true. Because essentially what they've done here is they've brought Persona 3 up to the level of Persona 5 Royal. Okay. So they've modernized everything. I've got a whole list of changes that, that they've made, like quality of life tweaks and things like that. Mm -hmm. But obviously the first thing you're going to notice is the visuals because it looks bloody lovely. Look how bloody lovely it looks if you're watching on video. Looks so flipping lovely. Mm. Uh, it's only been a year since we got the remasters that right. were released on, um, on various platforms. Mm -hmm. And this one is obviously far more... Uh, feature complete yes. than, than last year's edition of Persona 3 that was made available because that was Persona 3 Portable which was a port of the PSP version mm -hmm. of Persona 3. So while it was nice to have it on modern systems it was a lot more stripped back and basic because they had to take stuff out to make it run on the PSP. Yeah. Here though it can really spread its Persona wings mm. and fly. It is a bit of a shame that we still don't have a definitive version of Persona 3 because unlike the other Persona games, which were given like an ultimate version with yeah. all the content and all the tweaks, Persona 3 released initially on PS2. Then there was Persona 3 FES, which mm. added some ad additional content in. Uh, then yes. they did Persona 3 Portable, which added a female protagonist and some other stuff in, ah. but didn't have the extra stuff that was in FES. Yes. And now we've got Persona 3 Reload, which doesn't have either of the additions. Okay. Either the uh, the extra stuff in FES or the female protagonist that was in Persona 3 Portable. Right. Some people are saying there might be some DLC at some point. Mm -hmm. That remains to be seen. But either way, this is a beautiful game and the story is practically identical yeah. to, uh, to, to actual Persona 3. So essentially, you're a high school student, gets transferred into the city. Yeah. You move into a dorm, you make friends, you fight monsters, you join in this game a special group called Seas, S-E-E-S, and I can't remember what it stands for. Right. But you're in charge of protecting the people okay. from the spooky monsters that are out there. It was a bit controversial at the time because in order to bring forth your persona, you essentially have a gun shaped object called an evoker mm. and you have to you have to put it to your head and pull the trigger oh god yeah and very controversial that's how the personas happen obviously it's not a real gun don't try it at home don't try it at home it's also not a real gun no it's a it's a persona evoking thing device yeah. exactly so it's very different but if you know persona you will understand what's going on here you need to manage your free time fight monsters at night time uh, get jobs uh, study for school, go to school, take exams. You've got it's, to balance your social links. It's what fiction tells us all Japanese teens have to go through. Exactly. Eat ramen. Yeah. Fall in love. Mm. Study. Fight and monsters. And save the world. And save the yeah. fight God. You've mm -hmm. got to box God at the end. Yes. Uh, so there we are. But yeah, as, as I said, uh, the first thing you'll see is how gorgeous it looks. Uh, the first thing I did was open up the menus because mm -hmm. I was like, these menus are going to be good. That's what Persona does. Persona 5 had gorgeous menus. Mm -hmm. Persona 3 Reload also has gorgeous menus. Yeah. Really, really lovely. There's been a complete graphical overhaul. I'm now getting to my list of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they've redone the music completely. There's wonderful new menus. The character voice acting has been completely re-recorded. Right. There's new and expanded story beats so while the original story will still 
be the same. They have added embellishments here and there. So that certain, haven't been in any of the previous. That haven't versions. been in any of them. No. Okay. So some characters get more of a spotlight shone on them, etc. The battle system now is far more in line with Persona Five. So there's an equivalent of just quality of life stuff like if you've faced a uh, an enemy before and you know what its weakness is mm-hmm. as long as you have the appropriate skill like it's weak to fire and you have a fire spell then you can just press a button and immediately do that fire spell right uh, if you have advantage over a over a monsty instead of keeping your go rolling you can tag in another member who potentially has a has a uh, an advantage over a different type of monsty who you're facing mm-hmm. at the same time so there's all sorts of stuff basically if you've only played persona 5 this is the perfect right. reimagining of Persona 3 for you. There's more difficulty modes now. They've added a new system called a Thurgy Bar. I might be mispronouncing that. Right. That's T H E U R G Y. Mm, yeah, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Th- what, are, what are millennials called again? Uh, what are millennials called what again? Did, what did Gen Zers call millennials? Chugi. Chugi. Right. Yeah, they've added a, a Chugi Bar. <laughs> Uh, so, and that's basically an ultimate bar. Right. And each character, it builds during the course of battle, depending on what type of people you've got in your party, their Chugi bar mm-hmm. will charge faster if they do certain things. So if one of them's like more geared towards healing, for example, the more healing magic they use, the faster their Chugi bar will fill. Right. Or and if they, they make references to vines or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Planking yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The Chugi bar just shoots straight mm-hmm. up. And then they will have an ultimate ability that they can, that they can, bring forward yeah uh, there's new personas that have been added from persona 5 skills have been retuned to be more in line with that stuff as well tartarus which is sort of the the nighttime spooky zone basically the big dungeon that you progress through right. it over the course of the game that's been made a little more forgiving now there's more teleportation stations to take you back to the start there's no fatigue system because previously your party members could get tired the right. longer they okay. were in there there's earnable currency that you can pick up while you're in there that can be spent on certain things outside of normal money. Mm-hmm. You can save now pretty much anywhere outside of battle and certain off-limits areas. Once you've visited shops and restaurants, now you'll get a text oh. that will tell you if there's sales or if a new items come in and stuff like that. How modern. It's very modern. <laughs> it's set in 2009, this game. Yeah. Which really takes you back. Remember when all those monsters were in Japan? Yeah, I do. Hearing about that on the news. Uh, exams and school questions have been completely rewritten. Okay. Uh, social links are, are largely the same, but how they unlock and how they unfold has um, has been altered slightly. And lots of new hangout scenes and mm-hmm. social links, stuff like that, is, is available now as well. So basically, this is, even though it's missing some bits from the various versions of Persona 3... This is the best version of Persona right. 3 by a considerable margin. That was going to be my next question. Although there is no true ultimate version with everything there's ever been in every mm-hmm. different version of the game, would you say that this is sort of the one to play if you have to pick Absolutely. it up? Absolutely, yes, yeah. I would. Considering the quality of life changes and the fact that playing Persona 3 FES is not easy mm-hmm. now yeah. and playing the original Persona 3 is not easy now. The only yeah. one you've got access to is the PSP version, which, while it has some lovely features like the female protagonist, etc., it is a PSP port, mm. and they did nothing to it. Yeah. So it's it's really basic. That's my only experience with Persona 3 as well. Mm-hmm. So being able to now... I mean, previously, you basically had a static 2D image of a room, for example, yeah. which would be in a traditional Persona game, a room where you could run around in. Mm. Um, and you just have to select from icons on the screen for who you wanted to talk to. Right. Whereas now, 
I can run around in three you can dimensions. Explore it. It's amazing. Goodness me. Yeah, this is the definitive version, even though it's missing stuff. Yeah. I would recommend it to any Persona player who enjoys the series. You know, you can you can go straight from Persona 5 to Persona 3 reload mm-hmm. now quite easily because they're they're on the same level. I really hope personally that they do it to Persona 4 next. Mm, I would yeah. love a, a remake of Persona 4, but we'll see. But yeah, that's it. Persona 3 Reload available now. It's really good. If Brilliant. you like Persona, you should play it. Yeah, sounds good. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, should we head back to the podcast? Yes. It's time now for question two that comes from Brett Moore. G'day, Bap. With Ben dragging himself through Baldur's Gate 3, I reminded of games I stubbornly played through. Final Fantasy 16 and Alan Wake 2 are the most recent examples. Why do we do this to ourselves? Is it the sunk cost fallacy or something else? What other games have you rolled credits on that felt more like a chore than a hobby? Thanks, and have a great day. You too, you Brett. You too, Brett. You too, Brett. Thanks. Um, I don't tend to do this, especially not in the past, well, um, maybe even since kind of I had a PS4, that kind of time. So the past couple of generations, um, generally, if I, if I'm not enjoying a game, I think because I have so little time nowadays to, to dedicate to gaming, I, I will drop things like they are hot very quickly. <laughs> um, so, but I do remember you know, doing this in, in sort of earlier years and I still do it um, with with other forms of media so I can still kind of comment on the idea. I think there is an element of the sunk cost fallacy. You just kind of think, or if not the sunk cost fallacy, which is just, you know, oh, well, I've done, I've got this far, I may as well. Mm. Sometimes it's more just uh, a naive optimism, like, oh, well, I've got this far and I've not enjoyed it, but maybe it will get good towards the end. Mm. Um, and that can especially be the case for video games where, Everyone else around you seems to be raving about something and saying, I'm having such a great time. And you can kind of wonder, like, is it because it gets good later or should I be enjoying it now? Or, you know, is there a specific moment I'm waiting for? I remember specifically, um, I'm trying to think what game it was, though. Uh, Was it Alan Wake? Uh, or I don't know what it was, but there's a, a fairly recent game where I saw uh, someone we used to work with uh, put a tweet out saying, this game that has recently come out, it gets so good at hour 10. Like, th- <laughs> this is the point where, like, you you need to, like, yeah, it's not a great start. But once you hit this point and unlock this thing and this ability, this game is so good. And I remember thinking, like, that's not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't care how good a game gets after hour that's 10. That's only one Suicide Squad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> if, I mean... Can we start measuring things, things in Suicide <laughs> yeah. Squad? Yeah. Spider-Man is four Suicide Squads long. I only got half a Suicide Squad to sleep last <laughs> night. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that I won't sit through a game that I'm I'm sort of enjoying well enough to get to that. I'm not... My, my point isn't that if a game isn't brilliant or it's at its peak straight out the gate then i'm not interested that's that's not at all what i'm saying but if i'm actively not enjoying a game you know if i'm saying this is boring i don't get this i'm not enjoying it then that's the point at which i'm not willing to sink 10 hours into something um uh, mm. to get to the bit where it gets really really good mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i think this is kind of a combination of sunk cost fallacy and and perhaps kind of pinning your hopes on other people's opinions and, and recommendations and you know, and then with that as well, there's like a kind of a FOMO element for some people. I was going to say FOMO, yeah. So, Especially doing what we do as well, like yeah. with the zeitgeist. You know, I often feel like I I have to play something, mm-hmm. even if it's not a genre that interests me, like yeah. because I feel like I, I should. 
to mm. be, not necessarily not even to be part of the conversation, but just to have a have an opinion on it. Mm. You know, yeah. I am a bit like Peter in that I don't tend to drag myself through a game if I'm not enjoying it. But it's more it's less about the time and more about if a game hasn't piqued my interest after a certain point, I know it's not gonna pique my interest. And more often than not, it won't be a conscious effort to I'm not gonna play that anymore. It will be mm. more of something else has piqued my interest. Yeah, I'd rather play that. Yeah. Like I have to with games, I think more so in the last few years, I have to be really excited about playing it for me to sink the time into it. Because I know that if I if it's not something that's excited me, I'm just simply not gonna finish it. And that's more of an awareness of myself more so than like in potentially an issue with the game. And then the last time I tried really hard to just like keep playing a game and like keep giving it a go was Dead Island 2. I kept trying to, I was like, I'm not not enjoying it, but I'm also like, it's not, it's not wrapped me entirely. So I was like, I'll just keep going. And then eventually something else came out and Dead Island 2 was deleted off my PlayStation and will probably never return. Um, the but spider like, as well. Huh? And the spider, and the spider well. did, yeah. yeah. He left as well. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think, like you say, it's, it's FOMO for me, I think, more so than anything, in that when I see people really enjoying a game and just categorically raving and like everyone's loving it, I've, I do feel that level of like, man, why, why aren't I playing this game? Why aren't I giving this a go? Why aren't I experiencing the same thing? It is FOMO. And I think also... For us, I think maybe a bit in that if we haven't played a game that's very hip and popular, mm. for us, maybe it feels like we're not doing it justice on the platform because we're not talking about it because we're not into it. There's been certain games that have come out that none of us are really interested in. It's just not our genre then we normally palm off on James Jenkins. Um, to, to be but, fair, because he likes James them. Jenkins does like Yeah, them. he yeah. likes yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's not getting our scraps. No, no, that's no, not, no. That's not what he's saying. Um, but yeah, I think for us, maybe a little bit, it's, well, we have to talk about this. We should know what it is. We should mm. know what it's like because it's our job mm. to talk about video games. And yeah, I think that is a little bit of it as well. Like when I'm playing a game that we have been sent or we have been hashtag gifted, um, I feel like an obligation to keep trying it because mm. I'm like, well, th I've got to find something about this that I'm going to enjoy. Like, I want to give people a, a good enough, not review, but like opinion of it. And I think that's probably partially why I think maybe we do it to ourselves a little bit more. But I, it's not even always a conscious effort, but I will bounce off games if they don't keep me interested. Mm -hmm. And like you say, if someone says it gets good after 10 hours, categorically no that's too far yeah that's too many days of playing that i can sink into you it you can put on something else yeah, yeah exactly there's definitely a sunk cost i think it is the sunk cost fallacy yeah. for me most of the time sometimes it is just stubbornness mm -hmm. from the sense of this game is not going to beat me mm. i'm going to beat it yeah even if i shorten my life with the amount of stress <laughs> that i am feeling and the frustration and anger about playing this game uh sometimes it's pure spite because people give you a lot of flack for working on the internet and saying you don't like something like you just don't get it I'm like okay i'll bloody finish it then guess what 
Still don't like it. So there. And who's the real loser there? It's me. Yeah. I'm the loser because I could have been doing yeah. something else with my time. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a list of a, of a number of games that uh, I didn't necessarily not enjoy. Some of them I didn't enjoy at all, but a lot of them actually I really did enjoy mm. or like I got a lot out of. It's just that it did feel like a slog and it was yeah. hard work to get through. Final Fantasy 15 and 13. 13 was one of the first ones I remember hearing about that had the same thing that you were talking about, Peter, where people said, it gets good at 30 hours. Mm. I was like, that is an unreal yeah, that was, that was a big one, thing to say. Yeah. Um, and What an absolutely insane thing to think is a good it thing. It is. It's bonkers. Um, those two games definitely dragged for me. I enjoyed 15 more than 13, uh, but yeah, they went on for ages and it was, it was hard to get over the finish line. Uh, Dead Rising 2 and Castlevania Lords of Shadow are two that I remember oh, distinctly. Oh yeah, Lords of Shadow, I sort of, yeah. Those were PS3 360 games mm. from like 2011, I want to say. And I remember hearing people online saying, these games are really good. And I was like, oh, I want to be with the in crowd. I'm going to get them. And I forced my way through them and didn't really enjoy it all that much. <laughs> I, I liked Lords of Shadow. I liked a lot of it throughout. It's not like, you know, it definitely all the way through, there were things I was enjoying. Mm -hmm. But I've never really been into like, grindy hack and slash combat where you are in an area takes you ages to clear the area and then another wave of enemies come in and then you do it mm. again and again you know and that i really did find a slog mm -hmm. yeah. so patrick stewart was great in it though yeah i like that did you feel like spider-man uh, not spider-man jedi what's the new one survivor mm. did you feel like that was a slog because you didn't really enjoy that well, game. Well, I definitely found it a slog because I was up against tech issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in a sense, I didn't find it a slog because I think in a way I might have found it more of a slog if I'd not had the tech problems because I would have felt more interested or felt the need to go and do like side stuff and all mm. that kind of thing. But because I was like, I need to get to the finish line with minimal crashes, I was just beelining constantly. I set it on story mode. So combat wasn't that difficult for me. Um, and I was like, I just need to get to the end of this because I want to know what happens. And I want to take in just at least the foundations of this experience. Um, and uh, yeah, the longer I play it, the more times I'm gonna have to sit through a crash. So mm. yeah, whereas Fair. If it had been working, maybe I would have done all the side stuff and thought, okay, there's quite a lot here. So, mm. yeah, maybe. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, Cuphead nearly mm. gave yeah. me an aneurysm. Yeah. Uh, but I did finish it. That was very hard. Death Stranding. Yep. yep. Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom I would put on the same level where it was my first time playing through a game, odd like type of game that I've never really played before. And it was at times, as described with Baldur's Gate, where I did just kind of want to finish it. But it kept going, and that felt like a bit of a slog sometimes to mm -hmm. sort of carry myself through to the end. Actually, saying that, The Last of Us Part Two mm. did feel like a slog towards the I end. I was going to say that when you started your list, it was like it is a game that I did enjoy, definitely. Yeah. I'm not, there's no yeah. issue with the it has quality. It's like three endings. But it yeah, just felt well, like, oh my God. Exactly. And it's so brutal all the way through. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is. It yeah. could have easily been two and three. I think we said that at the time, yeah. by the way. It could have been a part two and a mm. part three out there. Also, you've reminded me of another one. Yeah. A the alien game. Which one? The oh, isolation. Isolation, yeah. yeah. God, that game goes on. It does, doesn't you it? You keep thinking this is the end, and yeah. then there's another like four hours. Is it deceptively long? There's another long half game. a Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also got written down here GTA Five. Although this is my issue with Rockstar games in general, and mm. that like I love the beginning of them, and then the actual getting to the missions becomes 
more of a chore as it goes on and I do just get taxis and skip the journey. It's why we, we didn't even bother with Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption was just way too big. Yeah. Um, and finally, I've got written down, plus numerous platinum trophy games. Mm. Yeah. I forced myself through a lot of bad games yeah. for trophies. So there's a few. But yeah, it's definitely, for the most part, I think, job. it's, it's usually job adjacent for me these days. Mm. It's just trying to get through games that I feel like I should play. Um, and I'm, I'm usually glad that I've played it at the yeah. end. But I do think... I could have been sat there with wrestling on the TV, playing Persona 4 Golden, completely brain dead, following mm. a guide and just had a really nice relaxing time. Well, that is the thing, isn't it? It's when you know, when you're playing a game and you know full well that you could be having a better time <laughs> yes. doing something else or playing yeah. something else. That's when it starts to become like a mental challenge. And that's normally when I clock out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I could be having a much better time doing something else. But yeah, it is definitely that thing of like that awareness of having, I could be having a better time now, yeah. but then sitting and But I've spent on. 30 hours on this game now and yeah. I can't stop. Yeah. It's got to finish soon, right? Yeah. Well, if it didn't You're finish right. soon, that'd be a bit strange, wouldn't it? A bit peculiar, perhaps. A bit weird. Weird news. Huh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's weird news time, time for some weird video game news. Remember, if you want to get a shout out at this point in this podcast, oh, I nearly tripped over. I've had to redo this section several times recently. Yeah, that's true. Because I fall over my words and I nearly did it then, but I didn't. I caught myself and now I'm over explaining. It, yeah. So it's fine. Cool. If you want to get a shout out at this point in the podcast, you need to follow us on the relevant social media platforms and look out for the post that goes out on a Tuesday, Tuesday and submit some weird news to us. However, if you want to guarantee a shout out, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, support us at the appropriate tier and become a podcast producer. Just like Chip Thompson's Thumbs, G.Y. Goliath, Nexus Polaris, Nicole Hansen, Kyle Gary, and Scott, Blake Thomas, Lockie Morris, Sharman Nomo, Great Giggity, Meldy Albonet, Katie Garrett, 
Gabrielle Philippink, Potato Shack 99, Eric Sue, and Big Money Bobby Vegas. Thank Fantastic. you, Thank you, podcast, podcast producers. Ooh. Thank you so much. Uh, Peter, have you got you some got weird spoos? news there? I've got some news that's from Chip or Chris Thompson's thumbs. Ah, sounds like Chris to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is according to metro.co.uk. And I've also brought a bit of extra context on from Wikipedia. Would you what? believe? Don't worry, it's only one paragraph article. Uh, this is written by Adam Starkey at Metro. Destroy the spa pool of Captain Tom Moore's daughter in new Duke Smoochum video game mod. This is such a niche what a headline. thing. Yeah, um, I don't think the article gives context as to what um, Captain Tom's daughter's spa <laughs> pool is. So, oh no, it's loading the next article. I didn't ask you to do that. No. Stop. No. Um, so, oh. during COVID uh, in the UK, a, a, a very old man, a, a veteran... Uh, Captain Tom Moore uh, walked around his garden like... Like a thousand times or something. Yeah, a, a very long distance. And he was on a Zimmer frame. He was a really old man to raise money. Um, and then he passed away um, like a year ago. Yeah, his so family ago. took him on holiday in the, like just after the first wave. And then he came back... And I think he died pretty soon after he went on holiday. Right. So, um, but his daughter was then kind of in charge of the um, the, the charity that mm. had been set up for because he raised that much money that it, it became a, an independent charity. Um, and then there was some controversy about the fact that like a spa pool was built on her property. Yeah. Um, see, I didn't know that she built she. So they had the foundation, and it was like a, a certain address, and then she put in for planning permission to use the funds from the charity to build on the property. Right. And the pro that turned out to be a spa That's that she wanted to build. That's not necessary. I'm assuming you, you, you know your facts there, Ashton. I don't know exactly whether it's been proven, but... If it has, it's then pretty, it has. That's pretty much. But that's much certainly the, the accusation: is yeah. that she's been using charity money for things that are very much not charity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's those are the accusations. Anyway, Dan Douglas, the creator behind Duke Nukem 3D mod Duke Smoochum, has offered the chance to personally dismantle the spa pool of Captain Tom's daughter. After previously depicting Labour leader Keir Starmer killing an alpaca, as well as George Osborne's wedding, mod creator Dan Douglas has now tackled another UK event from the headlines. This time around, he set his sights on Captain Sir Tom Moore's daughter. Oh, did Keir Starmer kill an alpaca? No. Um, this was <laughs> the alpaca that was going to be euthanized. Uh, it was like in the headlines about a year ago. Oh, man. It was called Geronimo. <laughs> and... <laughs> It became like a political thing. Keir Starmer said, oh, "Like, why is the world so tiring that it should or should not <laughs> it's be?" It's so exhausting. Euthanized. This is why I don't it go on social tired. media outside of work anymore. Um, so basically, this guy makes British satire and puts it into. <laughs> <laughs> so someone's got to I suppose. It's so niche. Um, so this time around, he set his sights on Captain Sir Tom Moore's daughter, who had an, auth an unauthorized spa building recently demolished, which they claim was in honor of her late father's fundraising efforts. He'd have loved the spa. <laughs> He'd love this spa. Yeah. the spa. The spa's destruction in Bedfordshire has been recreated in the mod, where Duke Newcomb climbs into a digger and repeatedly smacks into the building. In a nod to Hannah Ingram Moore's defense, a woman character runs out yelling, stop, stop, it's a registered charity. 
<laughs> Duke then strolls into the building only to find a locked safe stuffed with bars of gold. Oh I've seen it. I've seen the footage. It's really good. <laughs> this is the latest uh, uh, latest slice of British life to be targeted by Duke Smoochum with past clips covering Queen That's Elizabeth great. II's death and oh. the World Snooker Championship. Stop, stop. It's a registered charity. Yeah, she runs out this like 2D sprite of a woman and it goes, stop, stop. It's a registered charity. It's really good. Now, wow. I watched oh. this footage and I was like, I don't know if that is real or if it's just like a really good animation that someone has made that looks like Duke Nukem gameplay. Mm -hmm. So I was like, have Metro got the facts wrong here? And are they reporting that there's this mod and it's actually just a guy who makes scenes uh, but it's mm. not a real game. Right. According to Wikipedia, Duke, Duke Smoochum 3D, also known as Duke Smoochum, is an upcoming video game mod for Duke Nukem 3D created by Dan Douglas. The mod described by Douglas is an interactive flip post uh, and a topical social media project. And it features numerous internet memes and elements of British subculture. Um, and apparently it is really taking place in the Duke Nukem 3D engine and he is seemingly wanting to eventually release wow. it as a real mod. There's just so much constantly happening. I don't know how I was ever going to be able to keep up with yeah. everything that always goes on in this the article, mental country. The article says, other events satirized include Keir Starmer's role in the debate over the euthanization of Geronimo the alpaca, <laughs> the resignation of conservative MP Neil Parrish, and Piggate... Um, Is that featured, when David Cameron... Yeah. 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 Featured locations include a Greg's, a Weatherspoons, the Great British Bake Off tent, and the Marble Arch Mound, the latter of which can be demolished in-game. Oh, that was that really bad tourist attraction they made at Marble Arch, yeah. which was just a pile of dirt. Yeah. Oh. Did you um, not see that? No. Absolutely that. insane thing as well. The one other clip I saw was of the British Snooker Championship, because I was like, what's, what's the reference there? And you have to run in there, jump on the table, and pour orange powder. Oh, just all stop over. oil. And yeah, the just stop oil thing. Oh, okay. And they've used the actual audio that uh, happened live at the event. And you can hear the guy in the audience going, get him off, get him off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, wow. really, it's, it's very impressive stuff. Very and good. if it ever comes out, we should oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll definitely Absolutely. have to play it. Damn. Wow. Okay, well, I have some weird news. Is it, it as weird as that? Well, it's pretty <laughs> weird. Um, Amy Wicks on Facebook and Johnny Mac on Twitter from Kotaku by Alyssa McCante. Um, Apple Vision Pro, not the new frontier for masturbatory technology after all. Oh, oh. Apple's new virtual reality headset, which costs $3,500, sadly, cannot play VR porn. What's the point then? Yeah. Um, Asif, whoa, <laughs> that's not any of the words I was trying to read there. Acid. <laughs> Does that say Apple? Apple Vision. <laughs> Some of the letters are in the, there. Uh, Apple Vision Pro, the mm. massive tech company's foray into the VR headset space, and um, that hit stores just a few days ago, is very expensive. Um, who cares about all this guff about that? Um, and then you can watch sports, you can play Resident Evil 4, and you can. Games come with real-time stat updates for sports games, but the one thing you can't do with Apple Vision Pro is watch VR porn. <sighs> and fans of the scintillating smut are not very happy about it. As reported by 404 Media, the VR porn community quickly realized that their favorite kind of content won't work on the headset. In a Reddit post on the r slash Oculus NSFW subreddit, one user asked if anyone had figured out 
porn on the Vision Pro. Dying to get this to work, the post reads. If anyone has a success story, please tell me how. The top voted comment doesn't mince words. Worse than PSVR 2, $3,500 chastity belt, clown emojis. (laughs) Oh, and that's the end of the article. Oh no, there is a continue reading. It was just hidden under an advert. Um, virtual reality is reality that's virtual no uh, there's a hack for playing VR files if you have an AVP writes other commenter it involves restoring it to a default factory settings boxing it up setting it on eBay and buying a Quest 3 and pocketing the 3000 difference let us know if that works Um, so the Vision Pro allows you to use web browsers and place them virtually in the real world you can still navigate to Pornhub and watch as many regular or flat porn videos as you'd like but VR porn which is often shot and viewable in 180 degrees cannot play on the Apple Vision Pro flat porn yeah is that the same as flat gamers (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you're aware of this but there is there is a contingent of hardcore VR gamers who refer to people who don't play games in VR as flat Gamers. Someone started, and that is the funniest term. Came at me. I've ever heard. Oh well, yeah, you are a flat, gamer. You a flat yeah, gamer. called me a flat gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. Flat bossaroo. Come rem- on. So I can't good. even remember what flat game it was gamer. talking about. It was someone got got upset about this. Yeah, but they, they said just because you're a flat gamer, <laughs> and I was like, Sorry. excuse me. What did you just call me? Flat gamer. Don't comment on my body. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So. So flat porn, uh, you can you, you can watch that. Um, the day it sounds like it was shot in an apartment. <laughs> flat does. porn, yeah, it does. Um, so someone commented on the R slash Vision Pro post uh, titled "My Last Night Suffering," and it reads, "My ode, an ode to my last night suffering was being able to see the space between the pixels of my Meta Quest Three whilst trying to watch VR porn, breaking my otherwise pristine immersive experience. Tomorrow ushers in a new frontier of masturbatory technology. <laughs> it could be a population growth turning point for humanity if it's good enough." Unfortunately, the new frontier of masturbatory technology appears to be on hold. As 404 points out, the same person hoping for a new frontier then founded the r slash Apple Vision NSFW subreddit, though it's not surprising that VR porn apps are not available on the headset. Um, What is surprising is that none of the, I'm sure, enterprising young men trying to watch the VR porn have figured out a workaround yet. Mm, Yeah. So yeah, basically Mm. you can't watch um, VR porn, but they say give it a few weeks because the VR porn renters have already reported some success in rejigging the advanced Safari settings on their Vision Pro. Well, um, this explains why VR I... VR porn beggars can't be VR porn choosers is what it ends with. <laughs> this explains why I saw a, a a tweet that was doing like really big numbers the other day from a guy and it opened completely sincerely. Apparently, this wasn't a joke. As a porn enthusiast, comma, <laughs> and he was talking about like the, the, um, the benefits of like watching VR porn... I think elsewhere, not. I think you were saying like, I don't know why people are getting mad that you can't watch it on your Apple. You should mm. be watching it in all these different places or something. And then he, uh, the post like blew up and he'd added an, another tweet underneath saying like, well, this is not the tweet I would have chosen to uh, do <laughs> 10,000 likes, but uh, yeah. I do mean everything I said. I always uh, think yeah. like, you have to have a level of disconnect when watching VR porn because really what you're watching is somebody potentially performing a sex act on a person mm-hmm. who is holding or wearing yeah. a three a 360 camera mm-hmm. and they're just holding it there whilst mm-hmm. receiving some kind of sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I, all I can think about with the concept of that is the person holding the camera yeah. but not being able to see their head. So it's 
above, directly yeah. above their head. You want to see uh, the shot and the setup yeah, yeah, for that, yeah, don't exactly. you? Just someone standing. It's already in a bad room. enough when you think like sometimes it's somebody else holding a camera round someone else's chest yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. the angle, and then you're like, and now imagine it: a man wearing a helmet, yeah, <laughs> with the camera on the top, a little mountaineering yeah, helmet. Yeah, exactly. God, good stuff. Uh, I'm, I've got some weird news as well. Oh, yeah? This weird news comes from Stephen Skodes on Twitter at sskodes8. Uh, this is an article I think it was from... also submitted on Facebook. Yeah. Was it? My apologies. I didn't get a chance to go on Facebook today. It's terrible there. Um, <laughs> this is an article from Kotaku, uh, written by Zach Zweizen. He's not been sacked then. No. Did we think that? No, that but he got concert? in trouble last week. Oh, they're always in trouble, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but These he, he called an accessibility update. Oh, the that baby, was him. The baby update. I didn't realize oh, it was yes. that. It was that. Yeah, he did yeah. do that. That's not great. You can go and look into that at yeah. your own time. Uh, this article is headlined, Conscientious Objector Jailed After Being Outed as PUBG Player. Right. You want some context? Mm-hmm. Would love some. The Supreme Court of Korea has ruled that a South Korean man must serve one year and six months in prison after he refused the country's mandatory military service. He had argued he was a conscientious objector, but the lower court dismissed this partially di- dismissed this partially because he loves playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then tells us what PUBG is, which what is, is great. What is it? No, I'm not going to tell you. In November 2018, so this is a while ago now, an unnamed South Korean man was charged with violating the nation's Military Service Act, which compels all able-bodied men in the country to serve in the military for at least 18 months. Mm -hmm. As reported by the Korea Herald and spotted by Games Radar, the man initially told the court he refused to enlist based on his personal beliefs against war. In the verdict handed down in 2018 and upheld by the Supreme Court on February the 4th, the court said the defendant had not put any effort into spreading or realizing what he says is his ideological belief. The court also pointed to the man's love of PUBG as further evidence he wasn't against war and violence. The defendant admitted that he frequently enjoyed playing the game Battlegrounds, which is about killing characters with guns in a virtual reality, the Mm -hmm. court added. Uh, The video... The video game is different from reality, but the fact that the defendant, who says he is rejecting military service based on his beliefs to oppose violence and war, enjoys such games makes the court question whether his conscientious objection Mm. is authentic. I mean, to be fair. It's an interesting argument. I can see where they're coming from, but equally, it's not the same as going out with a real gun and killing a person. No, he probably shouldn't have to go to prison for it either. According to investigators, he refused to join the military due to rampant unfair orders and because it regularly disregards human rights. The court disagreed and now the Supreme Court of Korea has confirmed the original ruling. The defendant will now be forced to serve 18 months in prison, the same amount of time he would have had to serve in the military. Right. Such a long time. Yeah. So why a bunch of... um, K-pop bands had yes. to take yeah. a hiatus because they, they, were, they, they were all been to, enlisted. They were going to army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Goodness me. So that's yeah. my weird news. It's now time, everybody. I can't pick up my bloody paper for the big discussion. Oh. It's big discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion that this week comes courtesy of Cormor and Strike, who says, The big news rumor, if Microsoft still hasn't commented on it by the time the podcast is recorded, they haven't. I think it's coming Next, next week, week. Yeah. Phil Spencer said, We hear you. It's coming next it's week. It's coming soon. I'm Phil Spencer. Multiple Xbox exclusives may be going to other platforms, including Starfield. What do you guys think this means for the future of Xbox, assuming it's true? Are console wars finally over? Thank you, Cormoran Strike. Thank cool you. name. Cool name. Cool name. No. Oh. Hold continue. on. Continue. <laughs> no opinions yet. 
We've got to read some more words. I've got a couple of write-ups here from VGC. No. Uh, these were both from, I think, the 4th, which is Monday. Was Monday? What day is it today? It's the uh, 8th. Yeah. Monday. Monday. Yeah. So these, these are these are articles from Monday, which is when this new Sunday. sort of... Sunday. Sunday. All right. Which is when the news broke originally <laughs> that there were there were sort of ramping up rumors that maybe there was going to be some sort of event happening at the end of February. I'll tell you in, more in a second uh, about Xbox potentially starting to do a major shift in their approach to video games, which would involve publishing things on other platforms. Very much tying into our conversation from the other week mm -hmm. that we had when there were rumors about Hi-Fi Rush and things like that. But there's been a bit of a falling out about it as well. Mm. I will tell you more now. Microsoft is reportedly considering bringing the Gears of War franchise to PlayStation. That's according to Giant Bomb's Jeff Grubb, who is elaborating on recent claims that Microsoft is working on a new initiative to release more Xbox-exclusive games on other console platforms. Over the weekend, it was claimed that Bethesda's Starfield and its upcoming Indiana Jones and the Great Circle could be released for PS5, in addition to previously rumored Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves ports. The other ones I've heard that def that uh, uh, sorry that the other one that I've heard that's definitely under consideration. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but it's in talks. Is Gears of War? Grubb said on Monday. Gears of War is being considered for this. He reiterated. Grubb also said that Microsoft was at one point planning to publicly explain its new initiative initiative sorry at the end of February, but that given the mounting speculation, there's a chance that an official announcement could be brought forward. The other thing I can corroborate is a rumor that they uh, that there will be something at the end of February when they're going to explain this change. That is something that they definitely were talking about. And then there's a follow-up article here. Microsoft will share details about its vision for the future of Xbox next week, following reports that the company has decided to release more of its games on rival platforms. It then reiterates what it says about Starfield and Hi-Fi Rush and stuff. Uh, and earlier today, it was claimed that Microsoft is considering bringing the Gears of War franchise to PlayStation 2. With speculation about a new strategy for the Xbox... PlayStation 2? Wow. With speculation about a new strategy for the Xbox business mounting, Microsoft head of gaming released a statement on Monday telling fans that more will become clear next week. We're listening. Sorry, Ashton, do you want to do it? We're listening. We hear you. Phil Spencer wrote on X. We're planning business updates... Update event for next week. We look forward to sharing more details with you and our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. I'm Phil Spencer. Your friend, Phil. Your best friend, Phil Spencer. Kiss, Sh kiss, hug, hug. Should recent reports prove to be accurate, on the surface, the move would represent a significant change in Microsoft's gaming strategy, which has previously seen it keep its biggest titles exclusive to its consoles rather than those which were originally multi-platform before being acquired. Hang on. Other than those, sorry, which were originally multi-platform before being acquired by Xbox, such as Minecraft or The Elder Scrolls Online. However, Xbox already releases all of its first-party games on PC imme immediately, and with PS5 and Switch reportedly outselling the Xbox Series consoles significantly, it's possible the company has decided the potential software sales can no longer be ignored. Hey, Peter. Yeah? I wonder what your opinion of this is. No. <laughs> Console was not over. I don't think so. Uh, based on the information we have so far, it might turn out that your best friend Phil Spencer, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, says that um, <laughs> the new model is that as of, you know, such and such a date or whatever, some stuff will be coming immediately uh, on launch to other platforms, uh, which would be a total game changer. And if that uh, happened, then that's a different argument. But from what I've seen, it didn't specify in what you just read there, but from what I've seen, the certainly with regards to Starfield and I think Indiana Jones, 
um, or not Starfield because that's already out, but with Indiana Jones and I think some other upcoming game that was rumored uh, to be doing this, they were talking about timed exclusivity. So, uh, you know, some months after the release of Indiana mm-hmm. Jones, it might make its way to PlayStation. Um, and as I say, I think there was another game, upcoming game, that they were saying the same thing could happen there. Um, and I think in in that instance, all right, it certainly would still kind of strike a blow for console wars if uh, if people want them to continue to exist. Um, you know, it, it would definitely um, uh, make things less kind of competitive and like oh go to xbox for all these things if you know that you can just wait a few months but if a really big game is coming out take starfield for example as a recent example um then if you really want to play it i think the wait of a few months and we don't know how many a few is uh, might be enough to convince you to have make sure that you've you've got an Xbox for instances like this where a new game's coming out that you're really excited about and you don't want to have to hang around for three months or six months or a year uh, before it makes its way to PlayStation, for example, if that's all you have. So I still think that if they stick to timed exclusivity rather than day one, our our first party games are now going to be going to PlayStation as well, then there is still a reason to have uh, the argument as to which console is best based on its mm. exclusives or at least its timed exclusives. Um, but yeah, we we will learn more. And if Phil says, you know what, we're going to release Indiana Jones on PlayStation day one, then yeah, maybe we are going more towards a world where uh, it's more difficult to argue um, about which console is superior based on the usual metric, which is exclusives. Mm-hmm. Get ready. I'm going to speculate right now. Well, go on. Uh, here's my theory of what I think is going to happen next week. We're going to be told that uh, Xbox are going to be re- releasing some stuff across platform. They've done it on PC before, and they're going to potentially reach out and start giving some stuff to PlayStation players. Mm-hmm. I think that is a good thing all round. I think the dev teams, the producers and developers, they get to get more sales from their games. And Xbox get to have the high ground of saying, well, look, we gave our games to everyone. Yeah. Do I think Sony will reciprocate? No. I don't think so. I think that maybe they might, depending on how well this goes down for Microsoft. And if it starts becoming obvious that like people are being like, what? Hey, hey now. Why, aren't, why can't we play your games? You can play our games. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. They've I'm not sure. put a couple on PC, haven't they? They have, exactly. MLB The Show is multi-platform now, yeah. although it's not their choice. No. They're forced to do that yeah. by the license. But. I think Microsoft have been working towards potentially... I think initially their plan was to just have more games on their platform, but I think that they've made it... It's become increasingly more aware that just because you're buying publishers... These games were going to have to be on PlayStation anyway mm. from the the suit. They knew that they had to put some of these games on PlayStation regardless, and I think maybe it makes cost-effective sense to put more games on PlayStation than they were initially planning. Maybe Starfield didn't sell as well as they were hoping, and they think maybe it will sell more copies on PlayStation if they do it that way. Um, I don't think it's going to happen immediately. I think there will be a, a drip feed of yeah. potentially games that have been coming out have come out and potentially a few like you say new releases maybe there'll be time maybe they won't but in terms of the console wars i don't think we've already said we don't think xbox are going to make another console i think that they'll go down 
the like Steam Deck or route, the digital route, yeah, or the digital route, and just make a device that can that is dedicated to Game Pass mm-hmm. and to potentially cloud gaming and streaming games more so than a dedicated console that you buy games to install on. Um, I think we'll see a, a shift more in the games going slightly more towards PC games and they'll branch out, I think, into that sphere a bit more and see if they can make, like, I was talking about this to my boyfriend last night and he's a big techie geezer. So um, he, <laughs> he said, he said his idea is that they'll make almost like a computer that has Microsoft systems built into it, but also is mainly dedicated towards gaming. Um, So your Steam Deck, but rather than it just being games, it also works as a functional computer if you should wish it to. Um, Can I watch VR porn on it is the question. It'll be flat. As a porn enthusiast. Sorry, only flat porn. Boo! Boo! Um, But yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think maybe we'll see them bow out of the console war a little bit, but start doing their own thing and potentially becoming more of a competitor with PC gaming and even maybe the Switch. I think PlayStation have got the, the home console sphere on lock at the moment. And I think this is a good thing for them. PlayStation, and I hopefully will be a good thing for Microsoft as well, um, because they have so many studios and so many games under their belt that it can't hurt them to increase the size of their player base. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm also still not entirely convinced that. In fact, I've I've seen no evidence. Yeah, that Game Pass is a profitable thing. Yeah, it's, they're building, they're pouring money into it intentionally, you know, to make a foundation. They're building towards something. Mm-hmm. They've been building towards something for a very long time now. And I think that they are quite logically moving into this space that people, are, you know, we've been talking about for ages. Yeah. Lots of people have been, have been theorizing about for a long time. And that is Xbox as either a publisher or as, as a, a peddler of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. They made no secrets about that. It's just things might have been sped up a little bit because of the performance of the Xbox this generation mm-hmm. so far. Um, they're have been some Xbox users who are a bit upset about it. Yep. Oh, uh, there's a yeah, few. There's an article in the link dump that, that we'll put there. Some people have been very vocal. They feel very betrayed about the idea, even the suggestion of this. Yeah. Nothing's been confirmed yet. Someone people are posted rid of their, um, the, the hardware and stuff. So yeah. People are, someone posted a receipt of their trade in. They took all their games and their Xbox series to to GameStop and traded it all in and post about it. Uh, some people are sort of being kind of self-aware, but other people are legitimately just unraveling yeah. before our eyes. It's really interesting to see that kind of person online. Like, I've said this in the group chat. I I wish nothing more than my biggest worry in life was that my favorite console started giving games to other people. Mm. Like, if that's the thing that makes me so upset, man, what a life to live. Mm. No is- other worries <laughs> apart from that. Crazy. It is baffling to see people react like that but yeah. to a certain degree i i can i can sympathize that they might feel a bit let down especially yeah. because if this is true 
you know, the, both the, all the gaming ecosystems, they want they want to keep their players in there. They want to like the Xbox has an identity. It has yeah. a brand. You know, mm. we were joking about the Xbox, very expensive Xbox jewelry that they released recently. Mm-hmm. They've all got merchandise. They all want you to be an Xbox gamer and a, and a fan and so on and so forth. And if you're in that ecosystem, if you are if you are giving a company a lot of money and then you feel that they're they're this i don't agree with this to be no. to be clear but like if you feel that they that they are taking things away from you or letting you down i can see why that would maybe be you'd be a bit miffed about that what? i wouldn't post about it online no. in the same way that these guys have necessarily the thing is they're not they're not taking anything away from no. anyone mm. and we don't even know if this is actually happening no. yet. but obviously they they feel like they have to address this and they haven't just addressed it in like a a chill, casual way. We're like, hey guys, nothing Don't to worry, worry about. This is just rumors. news is coming. Yeah. Something this is happening. This is very much like we we're having to make a step to inform everyone of what's going on because something is happening. Something's definitely so. happening. I'm gonna put my tinfoil hat on now. Yeah. And I wonder if there's been a bit of internal disagreement about the future direction for Xbox. Obviously, a lot of job positions got uh, mixed around in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Phil Spencer was head of Xbox. Now he's like head of gaming for Microsoft yeah. or something. That's all completely changed. Sarah Bond is head of gaming now, isn't she? Is she? Yeah. So a few things changed around there. Um, obviously, there were mass layoffs post-acquisition of Activision Blizzard, mm-hmm. which seemed to take a lot of people by surprise. Mm-hmm. I don't imagine that... Uh, obviously, Phil Spencer would have been aware of that, but I can't imagine that was always the plan. No. I wonder no. if something changed internally there. Last year, um, we had Xbox Chief Financial Officer Tim Stewart suggesting that Microsoft planned to launch its Game Pass subscription service on rival consoles, but then Xbox boss Phil Spencer denied that that was the case. And then in January, in an interview um, with Bloomberg, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, I may be mispronouncing that, said, obviously, we're very, very excited about everything that's going on in gaming, especially with the close of Activision Blizzard King. We think that now we have the ability to really do what we've always set out to do, which is build great games and deliver them to folks across all platforms, right? Which is Xbox and consoles, the PCs, and now even including mobile gaming and cloud gaming. It, I don't know if there necessarily there's a disagreement internally, but mm. certainly Mixed whatever messaging. it is that they're planning to unveil and announce next week has been in the works for a long time. And the fact that Phil Spencer actually actively downplayed rumors of it last year, even if it ends up not being a Game Pass on rival platform things, I wonder if the messaging has been kind of confused internally mm. about mm. what they actually yeah. want to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right that both I think you're both right that long term the console wars may be over in the sense that next gen Xbox might not release a console as we know it. They mm. might do something completely different. And certainly by then there won't be a console war to have because there won't be two comparable devices unless Nintendo, whatever they do next, is far more kind of like for like with uh, with PlayStation. But you know, they've they've not really competed for for decades, really, because they just have their their own mm-hmm. their own Audiences. little worlds. But the yeah, the PlayStation Xbox console war may be over next gen. But um, to go back to people getting mad about this, uh, you know, this this unconfirmed thing for one thing, you know, like wait until you at least find out the news. But people getting cross about it, I think uh, certainly if we're talking current gen, yeah, you're not having anything taken away from you. All you're doing is having games that are made by the publisher you love uh, or publishers, plural, that you love. Um, 
selling to other people and potentially doing better because of it. Mm. Um, and so it, it can't be a bad thing to take an Activision product, for example, or a Bethesda game and sell it to PlayStation owners uh, or others and for them to just make more money on that because then yeah. it's going to be deemed more of a success and perhaps justify further stuff from that IP mm. or from that studio. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's beneficial to the vast majority of people. I think, like you say, the publishers and developers will potentially make more money. Gamers will get more games to play. The only people that, like you say, are, are potentially losing out are maybe Xbox players if this this energy is not reciprocated by other parties. Uh, Sony, you don't do it. <laughs> then you're going to really look like the bad guy. Well, that's the thing. I'm not just saying it's a good thing that Xbox are doing it. And, you know, I'm, actually, I'm a Sony pony. Mm. And if Sony did it, I'd be really cross. Like, mm. I'm not I'm not biased. I'm saying that, you know, I, yeah. I also would not have a problem if yeah. Sony decided, you know what? PlayStation first party games, we're going to start sharing them out. Yeah. No. Ultimately, it comes down to your comfort within the ecosystem, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, which place would you prefer to play? Because, sorry to cut you off, Ashton. No, no, it's But, fine. like, the... It's, it, it also comes down to like the core gaming versus mainstream gaming market. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you Remember that we talk about it all the time. The kind of people who listen to this podcast, the core gaming audience is so, so tiny. I think I saw a clip going viral recently that uh, of, of a developer, and I can't remember his name. People in the comments will know, I'm sure, uh, who said that the amount of money that was made, he worked on an expansion for a game, can't remember what it is. This isn't a great analogy, but I'll I'll yeah. suffer through it anyway. The amount of money made by that, that they worked on for like five years or something, was like completely outsold by like a diamond horse skin for, for World of Warcraft or right. something like that. Like people buy this stuff, even though us in the core audience are like, Ugh, yeah. don't want that. People buy it. The audience yeah. outside of us is massive. It's so yeah. much more than us. And realistically, this is not going to affect those people at all because they get Xbox because they know Xbox and they probably play Call of Duty or FIFA on it. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's it. And there'll be the equivalent people who bought a Sony console, that bought PS5, uh, who because they're not in the in the gaming sphere in terms of the news, they won't, sometimes they'll be surprised that such and such a game is not available mm. because they're not keeping up with the news. And they'll go to their game shop or they'll look online like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy Starfield for my PS5. Yeah. Like we're informed and that might seem like a strange thing to, that someone would believe, but there will be loads of people who thought, oh, new Bethesda game, Starfield, can't wait, PS5, oh, what? So mm. it, for those sorts of people, it will be beneficial to suddenly have this larger pool of games that are, you know, for it, in, a, in a hypothetical world, if everything was available on every platform, mm -hmm. then just that kind of gamer is more likely to be buying everything yeah. um, and not having to make a decision of, well, I can only afford one console or I only want one console. Mm -hmm. Which one do I get? Yeah. The messaging around this is, is going to be really interesting to watch because Phil Spencer has been positioned as uh, your best friend, you know, it's 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 Uncle Phil. Yeah, he's yeah. the he's the good friendly uncle of gaming. He actually plays games. He's yeah. passionate about games. The marketing team for Xbox has been on fire with like the fridge and the toaster and like all the in jokes and that kind of stuff. They've really been nailing it and communicating directly to their core audience. And if this move, something is happening next week. Something big is happening next week. Regardless, mm -hmm. it's too late to turn this ship around. They're not going to have seen people trade in their Xboxes and go. 
Ah, oh, you know what? Never mind. Maybe maybe we can convince Bobby Kotick to come back and get our sixty nine billion dollars back. You yeah. know, th this is this is happening. Mm. Um, it, it will be. It will be very interesting to see how they communicate this to that audience. And like, you, we know you feel betrayed, but you know how? Do, yeah. How how do they how do they talk to that audience? Yeah. I don't. I, It'll be interesting. But I think also they realistically, this update isn't for their audience in the sense of like it doesn't affect them. So this this update is more to gain favor mm. with everyone else, other than plead to that singular entity or like audience and be like please don't sell our consoles back please keep playing our games mm -hmm. because realistically xbox don't need their money they've already got their money from them like they've got they've bought the console even if they've traded it in at cex you still bought it the first time yeah so yeah i think that this as much as this will be about trying to appease the diehard fans with a hey 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 shh it's okay it's okay Tranquilo. don't worry about it it'll also be like yeah 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 but also uh you this want, is happening you want our games hey. it's gonna happen you so you yeah. just unfortunately i think this is going to be one of those situations where if you do do feel slighted by this it's going to be a case of this is happening yeah yeah um and unfortunately you're going to have to make peace with that but you know, if if they didn't do this, care about the corporation ultimately games. doesn't care about anyone. Um, but if you were if you were banking like personal points on Xbox being, you know, your brand, and you want all these exclusive games, then it's they've poured too much money into all these acquisitions. They've poured too much money into Game Pass to not do this. Mm. And if this is how they make their model sustainable, because Game Pass is bloody excellent. Yeah. And if this is how Game Pass, if this has always been the plan for how Game Pass is sustainable well into the future, mm. then the and the alternative is Game Pass goes up in price or goes away entirely yeah. or Xbox as a brand disappears and you just have Microsoft publishing and funding Activision games, then surely this is the better of the of the two, right? Yeah. Mm. Because while this has seemingly come out of left field, it also kind of hasn't. No. Yeah. We're in completely uncharted territory here. They've been dropping hints for a while that Game Pass is like, they're moving in a direction that we've never seen before. And things were going to change at some point. But exactly what those changes are, we're just going to have to wait yeah. and see what they are. But not long now. No. I'm sure we'll, we'll follow up on that next week. I'm really, I'm so interested to know yeah, what's, yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. But don't sell your Xboxes because they're great consoles and Game Pass is fantastic. And, and all those uh, online games you play, there's just going to be more people to play with. Yeah. That's very true. Your pals on PlayStation, but you probably don't have any PlayStation pals if you're an Xbox. Yeah, that's how it works. The console wars are really, <laughs> really stupid yeah, they on are. all yeah. sides, and mm -hmm. you should go and watch Ashton's great video about mm. um, about the console wars. Well, there we are. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. Let us know what you thought of everything we discussed. What do you think is going to be announced next week? Because something's going down. Mm -hmm. What's Phil going to say? Uh, Peter, where can people Shh. find us on the... Oh, it's yes. okay, it's yes, okay. Right. That's what Phil's going to say. Hug, hug. Hug, hug. Buy some Xbox uh, jewelry. Yeah. Feel a lot better. Swagger yourselves out. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Most of our streams happen on Twitch, but occasionally we do a special one on YouTube. And uh, we decided that's where we're doing YouTube the, today, yeah, yes. anniversary one on YouTube. There you go. It does happen every now and then. Um, if you've got Amazon Prime, the bundle that you have already paid for includes a Twitch sub. You can spend that on us at no extra cost and you get all the normal benefits of being a sub and it won't cost you an 
extra penny. Mm. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and Facebook. On all of those, we are at Team Triple Jump. Come say hi. And of course, patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump to support us and get all kinds of exclusive benefits. Triplejar.map is our website. That's where you can find links to every single thing that we do. And why not leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice? It'll help something to do with Al Gore's rhythms and would really gosh darned appreciate it. Yeah, if you could. So thank you very much. Ashton, sponsor? The sponsor for this week's podcast is, of course, online multiplayer game that is definitely not a knockoff of something else. It's Gnome Stars. Oh, Gnome Stars. Fantastic. We'll see you soon, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.